Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Webmaster Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, Stuart Elliott. I end up um, talking about Stuart a lot because of his great New York Times articles, and he's come out with another one around Target, which I thought was very interesting. You may have have heard about this. Target launched back in March kind of the search for the best, what they're calling it, the retail accelerator. They um, joined with Fast Company. Actually, it's called CoLab's technology blog is published by Fast Company, and they're looking for consumers to give them a mobile app that really spurs shopping purchases. Now, if you win this, you win seventy-five grand, and you might get to see that app brought to life for customers to use. Well, we do know that seven people who work for TBWA Chiat Day and uh, TB. WA Worldwide in New York actually have one. Now, they competed on their own, separate from their agencies, under the name Team Pilot, and their winning entry is called Divi. And it's really meant to improve the digital experience by enabling people to update a shopping list in real time and making it easier to divide a bill among numerous shoppers and even, you know, give them a receipt, which I think is fabulous. Those of us who've been out and about know that that can be a real pain. Um, So Team Pilot um, entered um, into this. They were one of seven finalists. Now, each finalist also received 10 grand, which is nice. And they got to present to judges, which includes Target CMO. And then it was narrowed down to that one grand prize winner. Uh, This has just kind of been a trend if you've been monitoring the space at all, knowing that content marketing, otherwise known as branded content or custom content or sponsored content, um, has really been something that's fast moving. And it's because it's a way to partner with um, other advertisers without it smacking of traditional advertising, which I think today more than ever, traditional advertising is just really seen as, you know, what it is paid advertising, a paid placement. And and in these cases, apps like this can deliver additional value to customers, actually something they can use every day. Um, and they see it as a real value from a brand. So 
anyway, uh, Target CMO is super excited by this. And who knows? Keep your eye out. You might actually see this come to a mobile app store near you at some point in the future. Thanks to Target and Team Pilot. Well, our purse profile today is Dooney and Burke Babe, single women in their late teens, early 20s, trendsetters, fashion aware, and I'm sure they're t- shopping at Target as well. 1.5 million of these women out there, average age of 21, attending college or employed part-time. And of course, no kids. They're keeping up with fashion. Um, they look at fashion magazines to help determine the clothes that they buy, and they do switch up their fashion every season. They consider themselves influential trendsetters among their friends to, to shop new stores and try new styles. Uh, they are impulsive, they say. They spend more than they can afford on clothes and cosmetics, and they tend to be spontaneous when they come to purchasing. They don't really save a lot of money, they say, and they spend without thinking. Their friends are incredibly important to them, as well as their career. They consider themselves ambitious and money-driven, and they are brand preferers. They go after their favorite brands first. Where are they shopping? Uh, Nordstrom's a big one. BB, American Eagle, Abercrombie is another one. Um, Their designers are Calvin Klein, Guess, and Gucci, and Prada. And uh, they're reading Cosmo, um, U.S. Weekly, Vogue, Glamour, In Style, and Star Magazine. Um, You know, it's interesting whether you are a Dooney and Burke babe or um, you're a Prada professional. There's a lot of things that prompt you to consider and purchase brands. And my guest today knows a lot about that. She's across the pond in the UK. Philippa Roberts co-founded an agency around female-focused intel, and it's called Pretty Little Head. It's been around since 2007, and she's the co-author, along with her co-founder, Jane Cunningham, of a book called Inside Her Pretty Little Head, and Philippa's going to join me today to talk about what's prompting women of all ages to consider and purchase, and then also share whether you're in the UK or in the US. More when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. 
Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners, just like you, find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. Jellian Music, your CEO coach, will break down the art of business development from the ground up. CEO Coach, on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Philippa Roberts, co-founder of Pretty Little Head, a female-focused consultancy based in the UK and the author of Inside Her Pretty Little Head. Philippa, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. Lovely to speak to you. Oh, it's lovely having someone across the pond be on our show you know we are we are her globally so i i'm delighted when we can coordinate an interview such as today with someone from the uk i've done it many many times and it's just a pleasure to have you on and i know you said jane is on on holiday so unfortunately she's not joining us today but you two started pretty little head back in 2007 after successful careers and Extremely large ad agencies. Um, what made you make the switch to create your own consultancy, Philippa? Um, well, it was it. Um, it was funny because Jane and I worked together all, all, all during our advertising um, careers, and um, we uh, noticed as we were um, as we were working that often, you know, often we were assigned to look after the accounts that were where women were the target audience. And um, it was, became quite clear quite quickly that for entirely sort of undeliberate and usually very benign reasons, the accounts that were male in focus, i.e. The, the beer and the automotive and the technology, those tended to be the sort of prized accounts in the agency. And the accounts that were targeting women were sort of deemed in, a, in, in some way to be less glamorous, less interesting, less, um, most importantly, less uh, rich grounds for creativity and new ideas and new thinking. And because we were looking after those accounts um, on the whole, we obviously began trying to look and find new and different and more exciting ways of doing what had always been done to encourage the teams that we were working with to find some new creative solutions. And so we came to, I suppose, 
both of us in different ways came to sort of have that as a bit of our sort of hobby and our specialism in the agencies, which was understanding female decision-making, how it differed from males, the brands that seemed to have peculiar sort of traction for women and why that was. Um, and we did that initially in order to help the teams that we were working with and the clients we were working with. And I guess like loads of those things, you know, once you... Once your mind is, uh, you have a prepared mind, you start noticing different um, variations on the theme and new bits of information. And there's a lot of stuff coming out of the academic world and the scientific community about how the differences in human decision making. And so we just began to pick up lots and lots of information and insight and understanding. And after a while, I thought it would be really great to turn this from being a bit of a sort of at-work hobby into something more fully formed. And um, we got incredibly lucky in that we got commissioned to write a book on the subject, and that allowed us the, um, the uh, I put aside the catalyst, I suppose, for giving up our jobs and concentrating on the subject full-time and being able to do some really focused study on, study on it all. Yes, so that's and, how it began. Yes, and then you went on, as you said, to write that book inside her pretty little head, um, and that kind of launched it all. It sounds like, um, and that's that right. that book, yeah, really did kind of uh, whittle into how women are motivated to consider certain products and then eventually purchase them, and then, as you said, um, how they contrast to men and I know we could spend the entire time talking about just the the contrast to men alone um, and there are many uh, but just curious if you could take a moment kind of just to top line those gender differences when it comes to consideration and purchase of course yeah 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 and I have to be so careful because on this because as you know it really quickly becomes amazingly Mars and Venus when one tries to top line these things and, you know, can get a bit ridiculously sort of cartoon and all men are this and all women are that. Um, so, you know, these things are preferences and tendencies. They're not in any way um, absolutes. But I suppose the, 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 um, uh, the central framework for understanding difference in preference and decision-making that we use is uh, an axis that we, we call the systematic and the empathetic. And the systematic is... Uh, a way of thinking and making sense of the world that prioritizes the sort of linear and the logical. It's that bit of the human brain that says, right, if I do A to B, then C will happen. And the human mind does that to make sense of situations and contexts, and new contexts particularly, but it's a linear input, operation, output way of thinking. It's a way of thinking that prioritizes information usually by um, synthesizing it down to the primary components of highlighted uh, parts, organize it in hierarchies, and it tends to be a kind of left brain way of processing information, the sort of text of things. Um, and so there's that way of, of making decisions, which we call the systematic, and then there's the empathetic, which is a kind of, I, I guess, um, easier to get to because it's a word that everyone knows, but I mean, it's the ability that human beings have to connect with one another through feeling what another person is uh, feeling and responding to that feeling with an appropriate emotion. Um, And so that's a way of thinking that prioritizes P 
people, that prioritizes feeling, that uh, prioritizes multi-sensory inputs, not just the text of what is being proposed or stated, but the subtext around things. And I guess it's in if, if, if the sort of systematic is classically left-brained in the way in which it processes information, the empathetic is what we might describe as not value-laden word at all, but the, as, as whole-brained, in other words, the uh, empathetic preference takes stimulus from all sorts of, uh, from all the senses rather than just the linear and the logical. Um, and what we, um, what we say is that all human beings can make sense of the world through either systemizing or empathizing, and most human beings, and certainly most adult human beings, have the ability to move from one mode to the other according to context or situation. But what the science shows is that the base level of preference in women is towards empathetic approaches, and the base level of preference in men is towards the systematic. So from that, we construct a, a, a sort of purchasing model and a brand model that says, uh, at its most sort of blunt and brutal, when talking to systemizers, in other words, when talking to men, the communications task should be organized along systematic lines. And when talking to empathizers, usually women, the communication task should be constructed around empathetic principles. So that, in a nutshell, if that's not too Mars and Venus, that's the, that's the sort of um, framework that we often use to um, summarize and highlight the differences between mm-hmm. men and women. And the way well, they make and, sense you know, the challenge, of course, out of that is how do you speak to one without alienating another? Other, right. If there's, if you want to kind of put men and women in two different buckets, one is a systemizer, one is a yeah. is more on the empathetic side. So how do you strike a balance where your product isn't alienating one group and achieving the other? And I know, you know, I've heard it said that when you meet the expectations of women, you exceed those of men. Um, in other words, you don't necessarily necessarily risk alienating men if you market to women would you would you agree with that well um i I think your um very careful use of the word necessarily is in that sentence is is absolutely you know bang on because it's a sort of yes and no answer and it usually tends to be the case doesn't it that in categories which are conventionally all adult categories i.e when there's no sort of history of any particular preference or traditional cultural stuff going on that determines how the category operates. It tends to be the case in those categories and in customer service in particular that if you meet the expectations of women, you tend to exceed those of men. So it's kind of win-win all round and there's no risk of alienation at all. When it becomes more difficult and more interesting and more challenging, I think, is in categories that have historically either been masculine in their received way of working and in their target audience or feminine in the way in which they operate and the audience that they focus in on. Because in those categories, developing a more rounded all adult um, character and composition for brands is more complicated, um, particularly in categories where they men are consuming those categories with at some level a sort of masculine motive at play. 
so in cars, for example, and in financial services, uh, and in technology, and in quite a lot of um, quite a lot of the alcoholic uh, alcohol alcohol categories here in Europe. I don't know whether it's the case same in the states, but those categories tend to have been very heavily masculine in the past, and therefore the sort of move to incorporating the feminine in um, the presentation of the brand and the behavior of the brand is a bit more complicated and a bit more interesting. And without wishing um, to um, make a, a um, incredibly clumsy um, <laughs> plug, we've just published a study um, here, which is a, a book called The Daring Book for Boys in Business, which looks at exactly <laughs> that, that, um, that question, is uh, how masculine categories can appeal to women without doing that awful shrink it, pink it thing. Um, or losing uh, or rubbing off some of the things that are appealing to the audience that they've always appealed to men. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it's it's a, sub- a subject of a lot of debate if you've actually gone and done a study. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. And, and it, you know, this, uh, uh, and it is, it, is, um, it is a kind of uh, conventionally pretty fraught, uh, or has been, hasn't it, in the past, I guess, quite a fraught, um, question really, and a lot of brand owners rightly think that if they, unless they do it incredibly carefully and incredibly creatively, they run the risk of making their brand, you know, go all girly, as they would probably describe it. Mm-hmm. Well, and and not to you know um, force you to show your hand if you're not ready to provide those uh, study results. Yeah, but did. Do you get down into the weeds such as, you know, is there a media mix that's more effective than women or men or social channels or messages that resonate with both? I mean, how how specific are you getting? Oh, well, in, a, in, the, um, in the book, we look at, um, we, we, look, we go from category and category construction all the way through to execution and media mix, creative treatments, and, um, and media channels. And there are some really big um, and very interesting differences, but there are also some very big and also interesting sort of middle ground positions, actually. So it is definitely, um, there is a way through the woods. Um, uh, but well, to go to your very specific question about media mix, um, I mean, what we... What we find is that brands that have historically been used to targeting men tend to follow those quite systematic preferences and tendencies in the way in which they use media. And I guess the sort of conventional broadcast channel is pretty systematic in the way in which it works. You know, it's all about boiling everything down to a single sentence, isn't it? And then sort of exploding that single sentence to make the most dramatic point uh, possible and then interrupting the audience in order to bring that point to them. So it's very much the brand talking uh, talking at the audience and it tends to be about the brand making a claim about itself and what is impressive about it to the audience. And the, I guess the, the feminine media mix is almost the obverse of that is um, about using channels that are about forming connections and 
operating on a very sort of level playing field with the audience, sharing in their channel, sharing in their um, communities. And social media has been, as you know, has been driven mainly by the female audience and provides some very interesting and um, adventurous ways in which that um, can be achieved. And the sort of power of um, word of mouth is... um, you know, cannot be understated when it comes to talking to women. We were doing a very, um, uh, we were doing some work for a financial services company over here um, uh, last month, and they had an incredible statistic, which was when a um, woman has a positive brand experience, on the whole, she tells 23.4 other people. I no idea how they work that out. But anyway, that's the figure, <laughs> 23.4, their financial services company. So 23.4 other people, whereas men, when they have a positive brand experience, um, according to this study, um, tell 2.3 other people. So, you know, on those pure, um, you, you know, metrics alone, you can see the huge importance of generating positive word of mouth around brand impressions and brand reputation. And even though those channels are now widely available, brands very often uh, focus, we find, more on what can we, um, you know, what messages do we want to put in those channels mm-hmm. instead of thinking what is it that the audience would find to connect with in us and what we're doing um, and how could we fuel and drive that positive word of mouth. So it's a very different way of thinking about it. And it's not as the opposite of that sort of reductionist broadcast um, approach. No, absolutely not. It's more about how do you amplify it and what what are those messages that are going to resonate with her so she can amplify those messages. And, um, yeah, and what's you know, particularly interesting for uh, her to, to, to want to tell someone else about it because you can be quite sure it's not going to, what the brand finds interesting about itself is very unlikely to be the thing that the audience find interesting about it. Exactly, exactly. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to delve into what propels women to purchase. Uh, Specifically, we've been talking a little bit about what might get them to talk about it, but what is it that actually gets them to purchase a product? More from Philippa Roberts when we return. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. 
Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Hold on to your white hat or black hat. WebmasterRadio.fm is ready to take you behind the backlinks. We're digging and scraping past the surface of everyday news and views of search engine marketing and dropping our proverbial anchor text on the important issues affecting the industry with our panel of search engine insiders. Behind the backlinks. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. On demand, anytime, inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Philippa Roberts. She's one of two founders of Pretty Little Head, a female-focused consultancy based in the UK, and the author of Inside Her Pretty Little Head, as well as um, a new book coming out we just learned here on the show today. And uh, Philippa, we've been talking a lot about the differences between men and women. Yeah. Men being more synthesizers, women being more empathetic and kind of, um, you know, how do you meet the needs of both without alienating one or the other and kind of the the messages and the amplification that women can take forward for a brand. But if we actually look at what propels women to purchase, to make that initial purchase, what do you think that the magic is there that that brands need to be aware of? Well, in the, um, I mean, it, the, the, the truth of it is that, it, that female life is, isn't it, is very, you know, profoundly episodic. And, and women change throughout their lives in pretty sort of dramatic chapters, which are, are more marked often than they are with um, men. So, so there needs to be a sort of caveat over answering this question by saying at different life stages, there are different um, motivators. Um, but if one wants to look at kind of women as a whole, what, what our study shows that there are sort of there were four really key dimensions which motivate women disproportionately, and we call these right in a slightly poncy way. We call these the four feminine codes, but they are um, first code is the protection code, and this is the code that 
is about forming connections between people and brands forming connections with their audiences and brands that help facilitate the making of connections and the forming of communities and fueling communities tend to have stronger resonances with women than they do with men. The second code is what we call the um, altruism code. And this is a code that sort of kicks in particularly once, when women become um, mothers. And it is about a focus on others rather than the self. And brands that are either about helping women look after their families better, the sort of uh, nurturing and nourishing um, type of brands and propositions or at a kind of macro level that are setting out to do a sort of greater good thing in the world to make the world a better place if that doesn't sound like some really cheesy Miss World contestant. Um, those brands, again, tend to resonate very strongly with women. So that's the altruism code. The third code is the aesthetics code and this is about brands that pay disproportionate, um, put a disproportionate emphasis on how they appear and the way in which they can enhance appearance, not just the uh, appearance of the person who is either wearing it or using it, but how it is to use and what it looks like. And so brands um, that look after the aesthetics that don't just focus on the kind of um, rational um, performance-based way of um, presenting, but tend to the way something looks and how it feels and what it's like to use and makes quite sure that it looks nice to use. Mm -hmm. Those brands as well tend to um, perform very uh, strongly with women. And then the fourth code is a code that we call the ordering code. And this is about brands that are set out to help women uh, organize. And there's um, a sort of um, truth that most women, particularly most mothers, are, you know, tend to be running quite complicated lives because they're running the lives of other people as well as their own. And they're often and increasingly looking after parents as well as children and all those things, and brands that provide a way of helping women navigate all that complexity and helping them order and organize and play, I guess, to the sort of list-making um, gene in a lot of women, those brands to um, have a sort of disproportionate um, appeal and traction with the audience. So those are the four things, the connecting code, the altruism code, the aesthetics code, and the ordering code. In all of them, if you if you if you were to to connect on all four codes, you would have probably a, a grand slam. I would imagine <laughs> that's exactly right. That is exactly right. And you know, uh, the the brands, you know, Apple is a brilliant example of a brand that does all four codes. Dove is another example of what yeah where where the proposition and the presentation manages to do all those things to help organ- to help order, to form connections, to make things easier and more appealing um, 
to use and have a greater good purpose behind them. So yeah, if you if you can get that sort of perfect storm coming together, it can be absolutely astonishingly mm-hmm. impactful. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, what was the first one you mentioned? Apple. Apple, yes, Apple, yeah. absolutely. Well, and Apple appeals both to men and women. You yeah, know. absolutely. Um, so they clearly are are hitting a home run across both genders, and so that's that's the key. So I hope people listening were taking notes because those are the four key ingredients. Do you feel like if you're a brand or a company that are keen and on off all four codes, doing a great job, do you feel like you you can foster loyalty? Um, and and the reason I ask is. You know, we're under hard economic times here in the U.S., have been since 2008. You know, our economy is is yeah. doing a bit better. But I think now more than ever, um, loyalty is so tough as people look for low-cost leaders. But what are your thoughts around generating loyalty? Is it all wrapped up in how well you achieve on those codes? Well, it is. It is because, you know, those things, those facets that I've talked about, are things that generate an emotional response in the audience. And, you know, there's a massive difference, isn't there, between behavioral loyalty, which is sort of conditional and can be quite shallow, and emotional loyalty, which is that kind of committed, forgiving loyalty where people will stick with brands through thick and thin. And it tends to be the case that brands who do things that kind of can create that emotional response, in other words, things that people like, not just things that people know or things that people admire or things that people use, but do stuff that people actually like that are capable of creating this, you know, a a commitment that can outlive the ups and downs of the market or the competitive threat or the sort of race to the bottom that happens in, often happens in recessionary times when everyone is looking for greater value. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like this works across all kinds of countries and ethnicities? I mean, this is a glo- this is, has global implications. In other words, women in the UK really aren't that different than women in the US when it comes to our wants and needs from brands. Yeah, I think I think um, I think that is that is true. With the caveat that you know there are some really big cultural differences, cultural differences rather than sort of I guess evolutionary differences, cultural differences between markets, aren't there? And particularly, of course, between the developed markets and the emerging markets, and the kind of role and uh, of women in different cultures is markedly different across the world. But the principles of decision-making preference that we talked about right at the beginning, those are based on all human beings mm-hmm. um, across the world, not just human beings in the developed economies. Um, so those preferences and tendencies play out regardless of, regardless of culture. Yeah, and that would make sense to me as well. I think yeah. these are some basic some basic human needs, some of them um, compelled a little differently, articulated a little differently, whether you're inside the female head or the male head, but there's just some basic, basic needs and wants from brands. And especially those that do an exceptional job, they truly do stand out because not every brand is doing an exceptional job. No, no, far from it, far from (laughs) it. 
And you, you know, your point about recession is, is, is in those times that, that that is revealed, isn't it? How well or not yeah, they absolutely. are actually doing. Absolutely, because uh, we clearly can be swayed uh, away from our brands of choice, especially yeah. yeah, when we don't. Our pocketbooks aren't as big as they once were. Uh, Philippa, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really want to have people check out your your site. So I'm going to drive them to prettylittlehead.co.uk. Is that the best place? Yes, that's for, that would be brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, and thank you so much. And again, tell Jane hello when she comes back from holiday. And um, we're thrilled to have you on and sharing so much great deep insight about women and what makes them different than men when it comes to preference and, um, and motivation to purchase. And thanks to my producer, George. And please join me right here for another edition of Her Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.